Never. It's never going to be an intro. Ever. No. If you tune into this show and there's an intro, something's wrong. Call the cops. It's not really us. Actually, you can't call the cops. There aren't any cops. Right. What would they do anyway? I... I honestly don't know. Here she goes. Uh, she, she talks big off off uh, off mic, but when the mics are on, don't expect any political talk from this one right over whoa, here. Whoa, I don't know. I mean, they'd probably be like, would they even know what our show sounds like? Um, uh, You're taking this in a weird direction. I guess I am. I mean, I took it in a very pointed direction, but we knew where I was going. I kind of now want, want to ride this out. Oh, Okay. So I'll, I'll be cop number one, you be cop number two. No, wait, one of us has to answer the door. Uh, you be the cops, uh, I'll be on to the door. Ready? Why am I knocking? Why are you knocking? <laughs> are our roles reversed already? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Enter laughing. Whoa, well, my dear. Uh, yeah, let's skip all that. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> what do you got to say before uh, it's time to play? Oh, about cops? <laughs> I was trying to get us out of cops. Oh, <laughs> and I just reeled us back in. So now we're trapped in cops. Uh, never really watched cops. Have you watched cops? Maybe that's... It's been on for th- most of your life. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You've never watched cops? No, no not really, no. Did you ever see Cartman's parody of cops in the first season of South Park? I don't think I have. Yeah. yeah. I can't help you. Did you ever watch Cops the Cartoon? Cops! Fighting crime in a future time. No. You ever see that show about Egyptian Christians? Cops! <laughs> so homonyms. Homonyms. Yes, yes. Homonym humor. Yes. I think we probably filled up the requisite time. I think you're right. What movie did you pick? Uh, I picked the original 1954 Japanese version of Godzilla. You know, history says tells again and again. How nature abhors the folly of man. Godzilla. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, um, 54. Uh, kind of a big deal. Big big year? Or that the film was a big deal? Well, it was a big... 1954 was a, was a great year for cinema. It was a big deal. But, I mean, it was a big deal for Japan. It was a big deal for Japanese cinema. Um, this is, of course, a Toho... I don't know why they're all Toho productions, but this one is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it was a big deal. It's, it's, it's bond a franchise that is probably the longest film franchise in history. Unless somebody boots up a Dr. Mabuse movie anytime soon, which I, I think they should. I got some ideas. Uh, um, well, yeah, I mean, this has been around for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was supposed to be, they basically just said, well, I'll do it ourselves. Cause it was supposed to be like a, a Japanese co-Indonesian production and that, that kind of oh. fell through and so and i mean would it how could you share this with indonesia make your own movies this is so <laughs> so japanese you know it, it is it's it's quintessential i would almost say yeah and japanese. i think it's yeah and it's funny because everybody always points to the obvious metaphor about we should probably recap the movie yeah uh, I'll, I'll do it okay um uh, but everybody points to the obvious metaphor of like oh wow so a radioactive Disaster will destroy the cities of Japan, but I think there's a lot more going on than that. I think there's. I think so too. This this movie's like a a snapshot of um, Japanese culture, you know, in the mid early to mid fifties mm-hmm. when things have become like so Western, like the clothes yeah. they wear, 
I think are recognizable mostly as Japanese clothes. But if you put these clothes on some kids in a mo- drag racing movie, you'd see on MST3K. It's, it's not, not it's a lot of bobby socks and skirts and, and pleated pants. And, right, right, right. And uh, it's 1954. And you, if you wonder why there's all these howitzer cannons around when they're not supposed to have an army. You know, 1954 is when the, um, the Japanese self-defense force uh, was you know inaugurated and put together. So mm-hmm. if this happened, you know, it, it, uh, contemporaneously, mm-hmm. um, Japan would have an army to defend itself with against right. a giant monster. Right. So it's, yeah, it's just a real fascinating look uh, at this time. But yeah, we'll get to it. So uh, it's Godzilla. I mean, you know the story by now, but we'll do it anyway. Right. Godzilla is an ancient creature. Their dates are all wrong. But we'll just say it's from the Jurassic period. And yeah. it, for some reason, it lived this long. Right. Or maybe it's just been down there with other Godzillas. We don't know. Uh, right. It's awakened and affected, apparently, by H-bomb tests in the Pacific. This is a message movie. Mm-hmm. And it uh, wakes up. It slowly makes its way towards Tokyo. It'll eat any boat you send. Yeah. And finally gets to Tokyo. Um, that Nobody is sure what to do or how to stop it. Um, there's one scene, you know, in like the end of the second act where it just, just beats the shit out of Tokyo. And it's a, yeah. I mean, it's human lives and destruction, but it's a fantastic, it's a great scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and all through this, uh, there is a, I don't know, any other names. There is a, um, I can help. Scientist, a zoologist who's been um, studying Godzilla. I think he, his name is Yamane. Yeah. There is a, um, a young, um, couple. Yes. Yes. There's a young couple. Uh, <laughs> And there's a scientist. Uh, Sarazawa is, Sarazawa. The, is the young scientist with the eye patch. Yes, with an eye patch uh, who and, is, uh, yeah. fills in for our, our mad scientist, if you will. Right. Who has and developed. The, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll It's stop. probably not going to be as important as me finishing this, right? Uh, who has developed uh, a scientific process for destroying oxygen. But uh, unlike a lot of mad scientists who are like, yes. Yes, I will destroy all the oxygen in the world. He's very protective of it. He knows that he's done something that's very dangerous. Um, and he allows it to be used to defeat Godzilla. But he um, basically gives up his life willingly uh, in order to see that happen. Mm-hmm. And um, that is that. Yes. The end. The end. Tokyo is saved. Yes. The world is saved. Yes. You don't know. <laughs> Man, no. Um, this movie was made for a hundred million yen, which okay. is I don't know, maybe like a million and a half dollars. Uh, it made two hundred eighty-one million dollars at the box office uh, originally, but of course has gone on to the many, many, many re-releases of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, not least of which is the nineteen fifty-six Americanized version of the film called Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Where they shove Raymond Burr's ass in there <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and it was very popular uh, here in the States when that happened, too. A lot of people don't even know there's an original version of this. But we watched the Criterion Collection original version of Ishiro Honda's Gojira. That's right. <laughs> Why'd you pick this? Um, A couple of reasons. I'd never Obviously, it's on the list, so I've never seen it. Um, but... Um, uh, I I um am I'm really into Japanese culture and and studying Japanese culture and learning more about it and um 
had never really watched any Godzilla movies. So I thought, you know, I would start with the original Godzilla that has spawned so many other things. Um, and I think one of the things we actually talked about recently on another one of our shows, um, Sailor Noob, is um, a filming uh, style, filming technique called um, tokusatsu, uh, which is used in in the Godzilla film. I think that's is where it kind of started. Remind the audience what that is. Um, so I should have had my notes ready because I, I think I've had tokusatsu. That's the the dark sauce, right? It's like a <laughs> a curry sauce. Uh, right. I'll vamp. <laughs> Please vamp. Or is it the uh, fried octopus balls? <laughs> I can't have those anymore. No, no, I don't eat cephalopods anymore. I know you don't because they're too smart. They're too smart. Uh, so tokusatsu means literally special filming. Yes. And it means uh, live action film, or it's used for a live action film or television drama. And it make it basically just means it makes heavy use of special effects. And I think when we talked about it on Sailor Noob, uh, we talked about how when the West talks about tokusatsu. They specifically are talking about uh, the style that of special effects that we see in like all the Godzilla and kaiju films, like the original films. Yeah, and uh, then that we see later in a lot of the uh, Super Sentai uh, Kamen Rider uh, TV series. Uh, Super Sentai, for those who don't know. Um, was the original Japanese series that the Power Rangers took all their action scenes from, still takes all their action scenes from, I think, um, and was inspired by. So so basically that kind of filming. So in the West, that's what it means. But to uh, Japanese, uh, in Japanese culture, anything that has heavy special effects is considered tokusatsu. So like... Like Doctor Who would be considered tokusatsu. Um, uh, Star Wars would be tokusatsu. Um, even something like James Bond would be tokusatsu. So I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, but everything uses special effects now. On Council of Dads, if they, well, like, like, they'll change somebody's hand position because they put it, they'll erase a Starbucks cop, cup. I guess I see what you're saying. You're, you're talking about the focus of the storytelling or whatever is on. Um. Well, yeah, and then it, it often deals with like science fiction or fantasy too. I think that's another big element of it. So yeah. 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 So yeah, even if it uses visual effects, then and it's not science fiction or fantasy, maybe it wouldn't fall into that genre. But anyways. Yeah. Um. So I just I I was I felt like I needed to kind of. Um, go back to the source and see um, what has helped inspire so much. Um, and that's why I wanted to watch this film. Well, uh, I think it's a good choice. Um, you know, Honda is, he's known, you know, mainly for these movies, um, mm-hmm. for Godzilla movies and stuff like that. But he was, um, he worked a lot with uh, Kurosawa on some of Kurosawa's later films. Sure. I mean, like 80s and, and, and 90s. Um and there is something that really impressed me about this film was not the acting of the of the young leads, but um, <laughs> but but the there are there's a lot of different t- 
types of filmmaking on display here. Mm. You know, mm. like he, sure, he's doing a action, um, uh, tonkatsu, delicious, tok- tokusatsu, tokusatsu yeah. uh, movie, um, but he is he's doing a lot of different um, film techniques, a lot of different kinds of shots, um, combined with all the effects. Uh, yeah. And it, he just has a, he has a lot of skill as a filmmaker. And of course, this you know Criterion print looks fantastic. They really they cleaned it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was really skilled. You, you just expect like, oh, Godzilla is coming! Oh, run away! Uh, it's sped up or slowed down uh, to match whatever's going on. Right. And you know, it's it's not. And it's just a guy in a rubber suit wandering around a <laughs> set. That came later. That came late when we was like, hey, we can just tape whatever and put it on VHS. Like that's when that happened. But this is like, no, we got to make this believable and we got to make it cool looking right and we're smartly going to shoot a lot of it at night godzilla attacks at night yes um and i mean yeah i mean you can still tell it's a guy in a suit for the most part but yeah but it's just the the concept of like like i said like when he starts going in on going to town so to speak um <laughs> it's Literally. you know and you know that they're you know miniatures and you know yeah it's it, it's really hard to hide that but he doesn't. He does a lot of work to show who's in those train cars, or like, you know, just people running away from stuff and then like hiding under a th- an awning, and then a building falls down, and that awning is those people aren't there anymore. You know, right. and it just you just feel the tragedy a lot, and sometimes he oversells it when a mother and her three children are like, "We're gonna be with Daddy soon." <laughs> All right, wow. I know. Come on. I know that <laughs> but, was a little much. But, but yeah, I mean, he's. I, I think that he's really skilled at that, and he and he has said specifically that, you know, it isn't just a metaphor people have put on it. Like he looked, you know, lived through the destruction of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, right? And wanted specifically to depict, you know, the destruction of uh, of a city in a similar way to to those cities, but also not just i mean it's a giant monster movie he, he, he couldn't just have a nuclear bomb so he that's why godzilla is radioactive you know and that's right. why he uh not only steps on things but he can burn things with his radioactive breath or whatever and so he right. wanted to have you know a living embodiment of that uh you know sort of and i think it, it's effective and when we see you know after the, his ta- attack stop and the next day comes it's not just like, oh, that was bad. Like, we go to the hospital. We see mm-hmm. the, the dead and dying. We see little children, you know, having Geiger counters running over them that are going crazy. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like, yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could watch the History Channel for half an hour and see a Nagasaki. <laughs> not great. But somehow that's that thing, that, that power that art has to make you feel something about a real event that is while depicting a fictional event. Yeah. Um, I, and I think, um, uh, I think his name is Yamane. Um, yes. Yemeni? Uh, Yemeno? <laughs> no. no, the, the, the older scientist in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Played by Takashi Shimura. I thought he was great. Um, low key, uh, you know, Toshio Mifune gets all the roses, but uh, Takashi Shimura is, uh, you know, was in Rashomon, was in Ikuru and Seven Samurai, and it was Kanbei and Seven Samurai. Um, he's a legendary Japanese actor, and he does nothing in this. No, <laughs> you well, got these two dumb okay, kids that are like, "Yeah, is, what's going on? Is everything okay? Oh, I'm going to tell him." So you got the you know the real actors like 
you know, doing a lot with like, you know, 10 Not or 12 really lines. Not saying a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did think it was interesting, though. Um, you know, he he keeps talking about how he wants to study Godzilla, but he, he keeps saying like he like he's because they preface that he's like a did they call him like a zoologist or Something like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, like he he studies animals and like, you know, including, you know, prehistoric ones and that sort of thing. But he he has this great respect and care for 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 animal and creature life. And I think that 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 is depicted and he really doesn't want them to kill Godzilla. He he wants them to study Godzilla, but he wants them to study Godzilla especially because he was able to survive the H bomb. Yeah. Like we and he would keep saying we could learn stuff from this, and I think that that's right. But like nobody wants to listen to him, and I understand why nobody wants to listen to him because their city is literally being destroyed and people are being killed and there's all this destruction. Here's our idea. We, we've got a giant electric fence. Now this, listen, this is going to do it. There's no way that this will just make Godzilla super, super angry. hyper shit angry. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And then, like, at one point he says to, like, one of the, like, the army guys or whatever, like, don't shine, like... Searchlight eyes, like <laughs> searchlights in his eyes. It's just gonna make him mad. And he's like, I can't leave my post. And like nobody gets that information. And no. I'm like, if Yamane knew that, like why wasn't that shared earlier? Or like, yeah. I mean, I know he doesn't <laughs> want them to and like then... <laughs> kill him, but maybe he should have like. Does he ever give like? Does he ever explain, like, this is what we should do, this is how we should research him? Like, we don't see that. We just hear him say we should research him. Yeah. You know, we don't hear his plan to make that happen. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Um, And then they have, like, the they have the, the other kid who is the kid from Odo Island from, like, the beginning. And I know that's why he's there, but that's the only reason why he's there. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, I didn't really get a lot of the connections between the characters, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that, I guess that was kind of one of my complaints. And there, um, but... I, I, yeah, and, you know, once you pop the commentary Pringles can, you can't stop the shamentary shingles man. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I put the rhyme in the wrong place, so I got trapped. <laughs> um, but I don't know if they're making a comment about uh, the rubbernecking of the of the press, or just maybe like, you know, press has to be ever something a somewhat new thing to Japan. I don't mean like the writing of Newspapers news to people, like but that, like yeah, yeah shutterbugs and and stuff like that. And so the the all the photographers are on the TV tower, yeah. and right when we're talking about how don't shine your lights on them, they're all f- popping flash bulbs left and right, and Godzilla's like. Well, I'm going over there. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy in the thing is supposed caster? to be the all oh, the humanity guy. Yeah, is yeah. like, here comes Godzilla. He's opening his mouth very wide. <laughs> this is this. I can smell his breath. Yeah. This is it, listeners. I know, right? We're, we're going down. <laughs> I know. And then they're just gone. Yeah. 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 Um, I had like, and I know like it was like a big deal for them to 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 approach Sarazawa about using his very destructive um, invention. It destroys oxygen. Yeah, and just... Like fire does. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and literally will, like, kill everything in the ocean for I don't know how long. <laughs> yeah. Um, or how wide it goes. Um, 
but like yeah i mean i i don't know i mean it it's and i guess like the older scientist at the end is like what if there are more godzillas what if there is like and i know this is part of the message he's like what if there's more nuclear testing and there's more godzillas and this isn't the end you know um and but but everybody's okay with like destroying all the life in the ocean for how many miles just so they can get rid of Godzilla. Got to get rid of Godzilla. I know they got to get rid of him. Choice. I know, I know. Here's a misstep. Don't do flashbacks. Nobody cares. Don't do them. Oh. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Sarazawa. Sarazawa shows Amiko the oxygen destroyer, and we see yes. her reaction. And then we cut immediately to later, and he's like, don't tell anybody. And she's like, fine. Yeah. And then later on, she finally tells... Ogata. Ogata. Yeah. She's like, you're never going to believe this, but... And we flash back, and we see what actually happens. Yeah. And it just doesn't... Don't you like dramatic tension? I sure do. Yeah. What if he shows her that? We know that Sezuhara has... Serizawa. has the power to stop Godzilla, she knows this, but she's promised she won't tell anybody. Then we go through another night where Godzilla kills thousands of people in half of Tokyo. And then we understand the guilt that's weighing on her when she finally tells Ogata. Ogata. Yeah, you're welcome. No problem. <laughs> Arigato. <laughs> uh, she's like, I can't, I can't keep this a secret anymore. Like, there's a way to stop this thing. We have to do this thing. Yeah. We got to go beat up... Uh, Sarazawa. <laughs> Until he uses his, his oxygen destroyer to stop Godzilla. I know. No, I. I think but that, no, that's we, a really good instead point. we just yeah, it just it's kind of silly. Don't get tricky. Who are who do you think you are, Ingmar Bergman? Whoa! Oh, save it. <laughs> save it. Um, and you haven't seen any other Godzilla films? I have not. No. Mm-mm. Have I've, you? Uh, I've seen. I've seen, I don't know, I've seen a couple of them, because remember, like, before 4,000 channels of cable, there was just, you know, UHF TV, and mm-hmm. so I'm sure I've seen, um, I've seen Godzilla, I've seen Mothra, sure. Godzilla versus Mothra, um, I've seen Rodan, okay. uh, Honda actually uh, directed Rodan in 56, because okay. um, it spawned a whole, oh yeah, and l- just like anything, like anything else, like, um, uh, R-rated comic book movies, uh, what have you. Um, everybody always learns the long, wrong lesson. So the lesson was, people love a guy in a rubber suit stomping on cardboard buildings. And it's like, <laughs> is that it? Or do they like a well-made movie that's about tragedy that's and got has a, a real-life message? Right, right, yeah. right. right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of them. I've seen, I think I've seen all the Gamera films just because of MST3K. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's a friend to all children. Uh, did you see the 1990, I should know, I was working in a theater, seven Godzilla film? I did not. It sucks. Okay. Not only is it one of the worst films I've ever seen, it's definitely the worst Godzilla movie. And I haven't even seen the new the newer new ones. ones. Yeah. Because okay. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Um, but I, I have not seen Shin Godzilla, um, the new uh, Godzilla film from Japan, from Toho, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, which is supposed to be really good and is more a satire about, and this is going to sound crazy, but is more of a satire about um, governmental uh, agency, like in a crisis. Oh, wow. <laughs> like if the thick of it meets Godzilla. Okay. Hmm. Maybe that will be appropriate to watch. <laughs> it 
some point. I don't think it's as funny as that, though. Oh, okay. All right. Just Malcolm is is Godzilla. <laughs> um. The thing of it. Oh, here, oh, here. yeah. Oh, uh, uh. Malcolm wow, Tucker. I'm I'm slow. Isn't in the loop is. It, in the loop is in a different universe than the thick of it, right? Even though it's is it? Yes. Oh, okay. Because the, I, none of those characters like carry over, right? Except for Malcolm Tucker is Malcolm Tucker, but it it isn't like any of those characters. It's not like we're doing like a sequel to Yes Minister or something like that. It's just Malcolm. Tu- if you took Malcolm Tucker and another idiot mm. uh, MP that he backs up, and mm. that happened to be in Washington D.C., mm. like the day the news of the Iraq war breaks or or the intention to invade Iraq breaks, which is weird. Yeah, it is weird. I think I need to watch more Peter Capaldi stuff because I feel like I've seen that and Doctor Who, and I think that's it. Have you seen uh, him play a Who doctor in World War Z? No. You haven't seen World War Z? First of all. No, wait. Yes, I have. Right? Brad Pitt? <laughs> yeah, Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. D- I have triumphantly seen that. drinks a, a Pepsi. That's yeah. the climax of the film. <laughs> That's not a good one either. Uh, last thoughts on Godzilla, because we probably needed some extra time to um, talk about the next one. Well, I think it I think it's a really good film. Um, I think it's a classic film that's worth a watch. And um, yeah, I think it um, ultimately there's a good message there. Earth, the solar system, the universe. Great. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to my pick for this week. I picked a movie from 1996 called Persona. Yes. It's an Ingmar Bergman film starring B.B. Anderson and Liv Ullman and other people that aren't important. And a kid. A skinny kid. And a doctor. And a, yeah, and a doctor. That's true. Yeah, I suppose she's important in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, what happens in this film? You have 30 seconds. Uh, whoa! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Speed run. Um... So I, I I'm not going to be great with the actresses' names, knowing who is who. Alma and Elizabeth. Well, I know Al- Alma and Elizabeth. Um, so Alma is a young nurse, uh, and she gets this case uh, of another young woman who's probably around the same age as her, uh, named Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is a a famous. Or well-known actress. Um, she's been in movies and stage. Um, and the story that she's told is that Elizabeth was doing... Uh, Electra. Electra. A, a stage production of Electra. Thank you. I couldn't remember what the... the probably point. not important. I'm probably encouraging your scene-by-scene synopsis, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, and um, doctors have studied her and as far as they can tell she looks physically and mentally healthy but for the last three months she has not talked so that's why she's there we're not told where there is but we can guess it's probably some sort of mental institution sanitarium uh sanitarium a place to chill right have fun and do whatever like watch horrific things on tv um finish it so the doctor is like, well, you're not really doing that well here, so please go to my summer house, Al- uh, Nurse Alma, with um, your patient, Elizabeth, who's Elizabeth, who's apparently her only patient. Uh, yeah. and, and before you go, uh, let me just talk to the patient for a second. You're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
like, I don't know what was going on there. What What are you doing here? Come on. Yeah. Um, Snap out of it. And uh, so they they go to to the summer house. A lot of weird, trippy, psychological stuff happens. Um, as the audience, we're not really sure 100% what is actually happening and what isn't. But um, things are not going well. And that's pretty much about it. I mean, there's a lot going <laughs> well, on. Wow. That really emptied off content near the end. You but think? okay. Well, I mean. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I get it. Like, I mean, what do you say? But uh, you didn't say anything. That's well, the answer. Okay. Like, <laughs> Alma is questioning her own identity and if she's really Alma or if she's Elizabeth and that sort of thing. Sure. Yes. I agree. You don't have to. Look. You're not alone. This has been called the Mount Everest of cinematic analysis. Whoa. And if you think the French had, you know, a monopoly on that, they got nothing on Swedes, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and Ingmar Bergman was um, purposefully, this is the high tide, you know, the mid-60s is the high tide of French New Wave and existentialism and uh, experimentalism. And um, there's a lot of... Um, this is kind of a horror. It's kind of a psychological horror movie in a way. Yeah. Um, it's about um, psychological drama and trauma. Mm-hmm. Bahama. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he w- he wanted to explore that. And he also, um, uh, you know, he put a lot of um, imagery in the film that is just like yeah. stark imagery, like not really even related to anything. Yeah. Um, which are supposed to, we're supposed to be like, what? Exactly. It's, so gotta, I think, supposed got, to make you... Got a dick? Check. Right. Uh, we are slaughtering a lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's, a spider. Somebody's getting crucified. Uh, assuming Jesus is being crucified. Yeah. That's becoming a theme for the show. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's what we're doing. And so, I don't know if this happens a lot in Sweden, but you could see this as a form of, like, art therapy, kind of, maybe? Whoa. I, I, I mean, like, they're just going to go... I mean, the film, I guess I, art therapy would be my title for the film if Persona was taken. Wow. Okay. But per, the, even the title is supposed to sort of refer to, like, the union idea of uh, self and the, and the duality of self, uh, which is explicitly sort of called out in the beginning of the film. Mm. And um, uh, and the, the union um, uh, idea of Persona. Mm-hmm. Um, or it all could just be an actress getting some material. Yes. Which... It could just be that. You kind of wonder what's going on. You know, we learn as the movie goes on that Alma is not... She's the classic idea of somebody who is not as together as she, as she thinks she is. Like, mm-hmm. Nothing really holds this this thing together. No. Um, and so you think, like, well, I mean, she's just breaking on the on the cliff of... Uh, Elizabeth's uh, silence, you know, and, and blankness. But when she Elizabeth drinks her blood at the end of the movie, <laughs> whether that's real or right. just uh, uh, you know uh, subjective uh, psychological, um, there's a vampirism sort of theme there. She is d- taking something She's and giving nothing her. in return, right? Uh, from Alma, yeah, yeah. Um, Do you think Tarkovsky could have been Bergman if he just kept the camera still. <laughs> Better question. Can Russians do surreal? They can do farce in a 
you know, drop of a, yeah. of a furry hat. Yeah, but yeah. I'm trying to think of good Russian surrealist films. I can't really think of anything. Oh, boy. I don't know. Um, I'm not, I, I would not call myself a Russian film expert, though. So I. Well, that's I, where we disagree. <laughs> Um, I also, I think I learned that the Swedish term for editing is clippening, which I'm just going to call it that now for the rest of my life. <laughs> what, are you, were you busy? Yeah, I'm just doing some clippening on the, uh, on the new podcast. <laughs> Why well, I hate clippening. You can't listen to music or do anything. Caliban, uh, clippening. <laughs> clippening with Caliban. Yeah. Um, the political themes are, remember, this is the 60s, so. Right. But the political themes are interesting. Okay. I think, I think now, I don't know, when you're, when you're knee deep in it, it's maybe, I don't know. It's, they, okay, all right. I think that in the 21st century, we are, we know how to spot a political thing mm. <laughs> a political statement sure uh tone deaf or no yeah you know and britta runs on the stage i believe mankind need not be governed it's <laughs> like boo whatever <laughs> but in mid 66 maybe it was fresh so uh while we're trying to figure out why this lady won't talk um she turns on the tv and uh you know monks are immolating themselves uh over the occupation of uh yeah. of cambodia or uh, vietnam and, uh, and it's terrifying, and she's horrified by what she sees. Yeah, and then she's going to go to bed later. She's like, no, I'm just going to be in my book. Nom, 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 nom. She's like, oh, well, that's that famous photo from the Jewish ghetto. And she's like, huh, guess I'll just contemplate this instead. Why does she have a photo of this in her book? I don't know. And, and I've got a couple questions about a couple of things. So they they let for whatever reason at this sanitarium they let they have TVs in their rooms. Yeah, yeah. Fine, but if you have no way to monitor what they're watching yeah, yeah. and they could watch that's, horrific things, that's not a good idea. This movie open with a dick. So uh, I mean, you're asking a lot out okay, of this movie. Okay, but like <laughs> to conform to reality. Okay, I guess that's why that was my other thing with like why does she have this picture like if she was in a sanitarium they would have gone through her things and then like why would they have let her keep this 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 photo yeah the, right that's none of that matters <laughs> okay that all is right. uh that's polishing the brass on the titanic all right all right um that, this um we, we know so this is a character study of two women or one woman yes but so we don't we don't care about that what you just brought up and I guess we also don't, we have to just accept that she won't talk, but the doctor knows what's wrong with her. And what's wrong with her is that she, maybe she said something before she went silent, but she doesn't want to live. She's become disillusioned with her life as an actress, which she sees as disingenuous and a lie. And she right. wants to achieve, you know, perfect honesty um, by just not saying anything and just being or whatever. Right, because and, she and the feel doctor like, knows all that. Yeah, <laughs> and, right, and right, taunts right. her about how like, well, that's so dumb. Before she sends him off to her to her house. Yeah, and so we we get that, and then we get that, um, you know, Alma's just like, oh, we're gonna have fun. No, oh, I'm having fun, uh, and then starts revealing all these things about herself uh, that she's not comfortable with, and people say that this is. I'm not saying it's not, but people say that this is also like a, a lesbian movie. Um. Which, I mean, I don't, fine. But 
whatever Alma's feeling, you know, she feels like, oh, we're, we're really, we had a connection. We're really close. Yeah. This is great. Yes. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to take your mail to, to the mail, the post office. But then she's like, that letter's open. I yeah. want to know more about her. She, she won't ever talk to me. And she reads it. And, you know, it's a very uh, erudite recounting of what she told what, her what they've gone yeah. yeah well not just what she told her but she, like she's just you know kind of like observations about her that she's not privy to and that seem kind of clinical and then she's gets kind of mad yeah and then yeah. there's a moment in the film where she's gonna have a glass of juice and she breaks her glass and she picks up some of the glass and all, all the glass mm-hmm. and she sees that there's a piece of glass in the ground still that Elizabeth can walk on. And she's like, huh. And she walks out and the film breaks mm. or it splits. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Um, I wasn't sure what to make of it. Like, is this like where, like, what is it saying? Like, is it saying that like Alma has, her her personality is is breaking down or is this a, some sort of you know mental shift for her or break um uh you know or or like is this really her anymore is this where she becomes more kind of almost like elizabeth and she's kind of like almost there's some mean spiritedness there. Um, or, yeah. Speaking of surreality, and I just shit on the Russians, but is this what I love to point out the the piano wire breaking moment? What do you What do you mean? When the, when the piano string breaks. Oh, and like you you have to stop playing. Cherry Orchard. When the piano string breaks. <laughs> She's, just, she's sorry. I gotta reboot her. Hold on. You pinch her ear and uh, poke her, poke her in the nose. In the Cherry Orchard by yeah. Anton Chekhov. Yeah. You know the Cherry Orchard. Yes. We, we've talked about this maybe on the last co videos, but definitely we've talked about this sitting in these seats. It's a story about how you have the first act where everybody is full. Oh, of, oh, yeah. Okay. Of their uh, illusions about themselves. Yes. And then like somewhere in the middle of the second act when all the complications start. The characters are outside and they're talking about something and apropos of nothing. And this isn't, I don't, I've seen the chair orchard like maybe twice um, in, in live in, on stage. Mm. And they've done it pretty much the same both ways, which is just they play a recording of a piano string. But in the text of the play, it says, a sound is heard that sounds like a piano string breaking. Yes. And it's like, thanks, Hans Zimmer. Now, what do I do with that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a sound designer for a college community show. Um <laughs> But it's, you know, it's taken to be metaphorically like this yeah. is where the illusions snap. This is that was the, the crisis uh, that involved no action, but it's all downhill from here. That's what I sort of took it as. Yeah. Because immediately we yeah. return to to the absurdist imagery, which is not so absurdist when you see you know, a vampire doll or, or whatever or a picture of a kid as a vampire. And and there's all, the, all this other stuff. You realize like the predation, you know, will begin here. Right. Uh, yeah, I think, I think maybe, um, I think maybe you're right because like that choice up until this point, what we've seen of Alma, she's not like that. That's not 
like her personality that's not she she seems to genuinely care about people and she monologues to camera about her fiance <laughs> like, i know while putting on uh, uh cold cream or lotion or moisturizer yeah, or something. yeah i know yeah. yeah i know all right okay. what if sandra d didn't get cool tight pants at the end what if she just turned into a crazy freak <laughs> it'd be a very different movie where are you going, Sad? <laughs> Come back! Oh my goodness. Um, crash this flying car. <laughs> I'm, grease, I'm putting Grease on my list. Uh, Keep talking while I write the Grease down. Oh, okay. All right. You have, have you never seen Grease before? I have, I've seen the play. I haven't seen the movie. <gasps> oh, no. I've seen... Oh, hold on. Hold on. I've seen the movie... You know those wild college parties? Oh, so do you bunch watch of pasty it in the virgins. background? <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been on somewhere where I've been. Okay. But I've never, like, contemplated La Gris. Oh, okay. Sure. So, so on yeah. the list it goes. Um, I put the word down. <laughs> Grease is the word. It's the word. Uh, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> okay. What did you think about the moment when... Uh, Alma's, you know, uh, resentment breaks and they uh, get in a slap fight and then she's going to throw boiling water on her and we hear her go, we hear Elizabeth go, don't do that. Don't yeah, throw right, water right, on right, me. Right, right, Like she actually speaks. And she was like, oh, you were actually scared and blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't know. It's... This is the point, right? It's upsetting to see somebody fall apart like this. Yeah, it's yeah. That's a great point because she's the she's the mental health professional, and in reality, right. what we learn is this is, is that her patient. She's a fragile person who thinks that she's in control and cannot handle the fact that she is not in control. And to be fair to her, at the beginning, she goes, "Maybe I can't do this, Doc. Am I the right person for this?" Oh well. <laughs> well, I want to know why the doctor assigned her to this person because that was like it assigned her Elizabeth because that <coughs> she didn't she starts saying like you know like you were chosen for this specifically yes. but I don't really know why like if you are to take this as Elizabeth is is purely studying Alma as a character study. Then it seems like her and the doctor are working together. Right, which is plot and not characters, so I don't really care. Right. But that could be one interpretation of, I mean, maybe Elizabeth has done this before, you know, maybe this is how she studies people. What I'm more concerned about is the reality, or at least the subjective reality of, um, you know, post them fighting and uh, Alma tries to apologize and then runs off, and then later that night... Um, she's like, oh, he's calling again. And the husband, presumably Elizabeth's husband arrives. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I just want you to come home. She's like, all right, talking about it. And then, you know, as Elizabeth is there and kind of appears, she sort of, you know, makes her reach out to him. And then she's like, oh, you know, I just need some time. Oh, let's have sex. Like she's taking yeah. on the role of uh, uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah. I really hope that that didn't actually happen but yeah that's upsetting <laughs> it doesn't so it doesn't, it, it's a movie it doesn't matter if it happened yeah okay um which leads directly into yeah 
Unless you had something green, I'm going on. Uh, which leads directly into the scene where um, we, we got eight cameras. We're going to use them. Uh, where uh, Alma d- delivers. A, Alma seems you know more collected, and she delivers a monologue to Elizabeth, which is based on Elizabeth's reactions what her real story about yeah. how you were an actress and you thought like, Oh, is there anything better than this? And then somebody was like, why aren't you a mother? And you're like, you were, Oh, I want to be a mother. And then you had got pregnant, but you're like, that was dumb. I hate my baby. I hate it. Right. And you want, you, you wanted an abortion. You try to get an abortion. You wanted a dead baby. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Whoa, that's rough. What's this? She's coming back in. And then we do the whole scene all over again. But with Liv or uh, BB, uh, BB's performance focusing on her instead of focusing on Liv Ullman. Yeah. They do it twice. And it just as an actor, it reminds me of a rehearsal. Oh, Maybe it's I rehearsing it different think ways. about it like Maybe that. it's the first one was a rehearsal and this is a performance. Of course, these are actresses playing an actor and a nurse. Right. And in a film, you can do a scene like that. And it's called shot reverse shot. Right. But there is no shot reverse shot. There is no. It's all no. done in various, you know, angles uh, or uh, close ups um, on the actress's faces. What I thought was. And it's done twice. What I did think was interesting is that both times the very subtle movements that Elizabeth does are the same. Oh, it, the reaction. It could have been all. Same. I don't know the backstory. I, I didn't. We, we don't research on this show, so it could have been the exact same scene. Um, I would say that the the playback was very similar, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be willing to go to bed. Uh, to no. go to bed. I'm pretty tired. I'm going to go to bed, but I wouldn't be willing to go to uh, to bet that they were the, exactly the same. But who knows? Of course, I have Abed. <laughs> that is the same. They saved a lot of time on that community episode because that is the same. And then there's other things like. Okay. Him standing up and hitting his head. That's the same. Oh, look at the bathroom. Which, you know, that's the same. Oh, okay. Um, but not all the rocks. No, not not all of those are the same. So I, I, who knows? <laughs> Sorry, my community. Yeah. Um, Episode of community. Yes. Uh, so anyway, that's just thinking about it just now. That's the idea that I that I got from it. Because I don't think, and, and, and tell you, tell you I, what, I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm not saying that's right, but I'm just saying that's all we're going to get because after that, Alma continues to sort of fracture, you know, as a personality uh, up until the very end when she leaves seemingly normal, and that's the that's the farthest under uh, uh, Elizabeth's armor that we get, assuming yeah. we're even getting under her armor because she's an actress, right? Um, so who knows? Maybe she has achieved finally this this vain dream of of, of being no one or, or being being totally honest by well, being okay. blank. Let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, so going back to the end of the film. So we see Elizabeth packing and then we move to just seeing Alma putting stuff away and getting everything settled. And then we see Alma waiting for the bus Alma getting on the bus, but she gets on the bus alone. And then we pan to the right, and it's just, you know, pebbles, rocks. Yep. There's nothing. It is nothing. So 
was Elizabeth ever there? Is she a real person? <laughs> Did she um, stay out in the sun and, and she's a vampire? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's that one scene apropos of nothing, so to speak. And I already gave it away because I love doing that more than you do. Mm. Uh, where they're back in the hospital and she basically coerces her into saying saying the word nothing. It's like you don't have to say anything, yeah, but if you're going to say anything, say nothing, which is makes me think of this kind of self-annihilation that she's trying to trying to achieve. Also, there's a couple other interesting things here. At one point, we talk about the disgust that she felt. That reminded me of, like, uh, revulsion. Oh, okay, sure. Um, or I'm sorry, I'm thinking about repulsion. <laughs> Maybe she was repelled. Let's leave uh, Polanski out of this. <laughs> and then she literally name-checks nausea at one point, which, of course, is Jean-Paul Sartre, right? Yeah, okay. Interesting. Um... I th- Roxanne. Wow. No, sorry. I thought it was interesting that the husband, whether he was real or not, was the only male character in the entire thing. Um, boy. Little boy. Oh, the little boy. Dead boy. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Was he? Yeah. The dead boy. Which, when I watched the credits, said it was Elizabeth's son. Sure. So, okay. Um, but he is in he he is looks yes. like he's in a morgue. Yes, and he is trying to see through a clouded glass with a w- image of a woman behind it. Yeah, and it, the image shifts between two different women, presumably yes. the two women in the show. What do you think about this alternate title? Dueling headbands? No. Uh, <laughs> do you think that it was like uh, maybe I've got <laughs> this on the brain, but like face off? Whoa! Was that one scene where they? You know, they're, they, they've they been merged their faces together, finally. Yeah, yeah. At yeah, the yeah, end yeah. of the second time they go through the monologue. And I was just thinking, like, you don't have any fun, Alma. <laughs> <laughs> Got gold guns. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, that would really make this difference. Um, so I wasn't sure where this movie ended up being way more... Uh, of a psychological drama than I had anticipated and, you know, leaves you with a lot of questions, which I'm fine with. And I think that's, you know, part of it. But when we were, it was still kind of in the early parts, but after they were at the the summer house, I thought maybe um, Elizabeth was, was studying her, but was going to like, maybe like take over her life or something like that or like you know start being her like kind of like a talented mr ripley sort of thing um a talented mrs ripley right yeah oh um, they come at night mostly <laughs> um so i thought maybe something like that was gonna happen i you know it's interesting because that's a that's another great observation and i um if they're all so at odds with what she says that she's trying to accomplish. Like if an actress had a nervous breakdown yeah. in the middle of a show and, yes. you know, not having completed the nervous breakdown because it's not a, a short thing, uh, she decides that she, I don't know if I'm going to ever act again, but I don't want to be somebody who's fake and I don't want to feel detached from myself. So I'm just going to shut up and just try to live my life for a while um, being real um, it, that seems at in opposition to her 
stealing someone's personality so she can well, play a nurse or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't get it fl- flashed by really fast uh, and I didn't get a quick look at it or I got a quick look at it. Um, she's being she's on a set at the end of the film. She's being filmed yes. in something. Yes. But it doesn't look like she's I don't she doesn't look like a nurse. Does she? She's not dressed up like a nurse. I, not as far as I could tell. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like that's your your assumption is seems like the correct assumption to make. But, of course, it flies in the face of everything that she's done. And I don't think that the letter that Alma reads. Um, no, it, it gives away too much in that regard. It, no, you know, reading. I mean, she shouldn't have read it, but like reading somebody's thing that refers to you, you know, as kind of a stranger, you know, or, or in third person is, uh, you know, seems kind of cold. But it's not like I'll be ready to be on general hospital soon like, right there wasn't anything like that when she said she was an interesting study which was kind of like what does that mean yeah. but um yeah but like yeah earlier almost talking about how they 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 look a lot alike and like how maybe she could be her and that sort of thing and i mean i know that all plays into everything so um yeah. You got it. I got it. How about this? Hmm. A female version of the lighthouse. Or the lighthouse is male persona. Hmm. How do you say, why'd you spill your beans in Swedish? <laughs> yeah. I mean, except. I mean, I guess the one big difference is that they <laughs> Willem Dafoe they talks more talk. than Robert Pattinson in that movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, but it's yeah, like two characters. It's see like the comparison. Robert Pattinson comes in and he's got stuff that he he's hiding. He's got beans <laughs> that are unspilled. Yeah. But he is playing the role of you know, the good company man and a guy who you know is working for the. Lighthouse Company. This is important, right? Um, and like, uh, you know, Willem Dafoe is a person who has secrets, but is um, seemingly more, you know, satisfied with himself. And in a lot of ways, they change places or share the same role. Yeah. And then one of them gets their liver pecked out at the end. It's it's so weird because if you watch a black and white movie from the '60s, mm-hmm. you expect to see a dick and, and Dracula. <laughs> Sure. Dick and Dracula coming this fall wow. to CBS. <laughs> but in a modern film, which, yes, is shot in Instagram ratio, uh, y- you don't expect it necessarily. And mm-hmm. you expect the kind of subtlety, which is what's going on at the top of that lighthouse tower. It's pretty gooey in here. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, you expect that much. But you don't expect, like, literal... Like mermaid pussy, and then like, no. and then uh, he's just a salty Prometheus at the end. Yes, you exactly. expect it to sort of land, and then you go, "There was some weird stuff in there," and not like uh, the movie kind of just just gave up and just went, "I'm weird." The movie puts a puts a beanie on its head and pulls out a tuba and starts dancing around. You're like, "Oh, whoa, okay, that's that's what we were doing." I love the lighthouse. It's great. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not criticizing it. I'm just right. saying, like that kind of surreality is um, yeah. audiences aren't willing to. They're not necessarily used to it. No. Yeah. You, you get away with the uh, Ocean Walker defense for for a long time. Yes. But uh, now people go, what? What was? What was? What was that? No. <laughs> I want Scoob. Oh my goodness. 
Uh, no one has ever said I want Scooby-Doo. Uh, I'm sure a kid has. Have you seen the Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, Scooby-Doo movies? I don't know that I have. I think I've seen clips, but I don't think I've actually right. seen them. I don't Why? want to ruin anything then. Oh, okay. I was going to have a screed about that, but I'll save it. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, for all we've said, I think this movie is riveting and it's beautiful. And I'm really, really yeah. glad I watched it. Yeah, it is it is definitely beautiful. I think there's some powerful performances in here. Um, dueling headbands. Yeah, yeah, dueling headbands. Um What's yeah. the traditional Swedish instrument? Uh, maybe a lute? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Do we do it? <laughs> do we get it all? I think we got it all. Yeah, I think we probably got it all, too. Uh, we wrapped yeah. up a little early. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I can say all the things I'm supposed to say. Um, this is Covideos, but it's part of the Just Enough Trope podcast. A uh, show where we talk about all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment. And we also talk about some of your favorite uh, genre media yep. things, joints, if you will. Mm-hmm. What did we talk about last week? What did we talk about last week? We talked about I hear you the, it. Uh, oh boy. the Greg Rucka Wonder Woman Hikedia. I think is what it sounds good to me. Okay, yeah, because um, Wonder Woman is supposed to come out, and it didn't. But we talked about a graphic novel instead. Yeah, we've also talked about you know, TV shows, movies, comic books, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably know that if you're listening to this. But just reminding you that we're part of the Just Enough Trope Network, which has many podcasts that cover just about all your tastes. Mm-hmm. Just about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what we're missing. Horror. I don't know. <laughs> well, we do movies. Yeah, that's true. We did a whole thing on Wes Craven. Yeah, we did do a whole John thing Carver on John Carpenter movies Craven. are scary. We did that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's that's stop. true. So anyway, uh, check that out. Uh, Star Trek movies, comic books, TV shows. We got it all on Just Enough Trope. Find us on at Just Enough Trope on Twitter. And that is it for this show, I believe. We'll be yes. back. We're still doing this. I know. When we take the masks off, we take the mics off. That's there what I say. Go. So until then... Uh, we will see you in the future, and we're signing off. And stay healthy and stay safe. Now, I'm hurrying home. 